0: Hello, and welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. It is midweek question and answer day, and today's question comes from Rebecca. She asks, how can I keep a relationship with God after my faith transition? And I know that there are so many of you listening to this who are either in the beginning stages of faith transition that have this question or who are considering a faith transition. Maybe you're still in and you're secretly questioning And this is one of your biggest worries of taking that step to move out of a faith that is no longer serving you because you're worried that your relationship with God will go away. There are a couple of things I do want to talk about, though, before we get into how to maintain that relationship with God or to have that God experience, if that's something that you crave and you want in your life. And that is the more tumultuous and abusive your relationship with God was. So the more angry, scary, shameful the God that you were taught to believe in is, and the more codependent you were with that God, the more likely it is that you're going to need at least some time away from a relationship, just like getting out of an abusive relationship with a spouse or a parent or a friend you're going to need some time to heal. And that makes sense. It doesn't mean that you'll never have a God relationship if that's what you crave, but you may need time on your own to heal the stories you have about what a God relationship looks like and any limiting beliefs that you have there, any emotions or anger or rage that you have at God. This is gonna be a time to step away And to feel through those feelings and to heal that trauma and to heal those relationship patterns so that you're able to step into a healthier relationship with God in the future if that's what you choose. And I hope everyone here knows it is all about your choice. I don't think that one way or the other is better or right. I believe that it really comes down to what serves you and what you want and what feels right and good and nourishing to you. Just know if you're a person that really wants to keep a relationship with God, but you find that you're having a hard time for whatever reason, simply because you have so much anger or you have so much grief that that is okay. It's okay to step away. Like I said, in any other relationship, we would encourage people to step away from abuse for a while, to heal themselves, to really hear what they want from a relationship, to really hear what would nourish them, to really root into what they value and what they believe so that then they can have a healthier relationship moving forward. You would never move out of an abusive relationship straight into another relationship because you're gonna create those same patterns just with a new person. If you find that you had an abusive or tumultuous relationship with God or the God that you were taught about was angry, abusive, punitive, unpredictable, that it's okay to take time to heal the wounds and the pain that the God you were taught about created within you and to create a healthy space for you to then maybe later make a connection with God if that's what you choose and that's what you desire. All right, if you're in the place where you're like, I I have a healthy relationship with God or I feel like I've got a healthy relationship with myself now and I'd like to venture into trying a healthy relationship with God, I have four things we're going to go over that will help you keep that connection or develop that connection and help you have that divine experience in your life. So many of us, we're looking for a loving God, okay? The angry, punitive, legalistic God, that is a thing of the past, unless that is what you want, right? But often that's the God that creates trauma and abuse in our life. And if we were taught about that one, it's often the reason we're listening to this podcast. So We're trying to get away from angry, punitive, unpredictable, volatile God, and we're getting into a God that is loving, is full of light and hope, is full of compassion, and is a God of peace, okay? Okay, so let's go ahead and hop into these steps of having that deep relationship with God. And you can do this without ever stepping into a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. These are things you can do out in nature. They're things you can do in your closet. You can do at home. You can do wherever you are. We're going to go through four proven steps that will help you have the God experience in your life if that's what you crave. The first one is finding God in yourself. And I know that if you came from a religion like mine, the first word that comes to mind is blasphemy. Anytime we talk about relating God with ourselves, it feels very blasphemous. So I want you to just give yourself a moment, let that belief kind of just slough off of you for a minute, open up your mind, and listen to what I'm going to say really quick. Learning to love yourself. And strengthening your love for yourself will strengthen your ability to love others. And there is an experience of God in that love. It's been clinically proven that the more we are able to love ourselves and have compassion for ourselves, the more we're able to love other people, the more kind we are, the more empathetic we are, the more tender we are. So if you are wanting that loving God experience of being connected to humanity and to the earth and to all of the creations, start first with loving yourself. Look for God. Look for the divine. Look for the amazing and the miraculous inside of yourself first. Learn to love and heal what's inside of you. And you will naturally feel more drawn to love and connect with the things outside of you. And this includes God. So not only will you have a more loving relationship with everything around you, you'll be able to feel that love of humanity and that love of the earth and that love of just being on this miraculous blue marble of a planet floating in space, but you'll also feel more of a loving connection with God, whatever that looks like. And I want to take a minute really quick and talk about God. For many of us, we have father wounds with God. For some of us, that is what stops us with connecting. And so if you're having father wounds, if it feels like there is a patriarchal something that is keeping you from connecting with God, consider looking towards a goddess for a while. Or consider thinking of God in more ethereal terms, maybe a a power source or a, you know, some sort of substance that just connects us, something that's a little bit more idealistic and ethereal. God can be a word like love for you or compassion. God for me is empathy. God for me is whatever feels like it wants to understand and validate and encourage and sit with us in our emotions and also lift us in our aspirations to do good things on the planet. For me, God is empathy. God is kindness. God is love. And I don't think of it in male or female terms. I don't think that if there is a God that he, she, whatever would only identify with one gender, that it would be something that would be able to encompass male genders, female genders, and gender fluidity and any other gender identifications that will come up in the future. I believe it has to encompass all of us if that God feeling is going to be something that we can all experience. But that's just for me. That's what works for me. Really root into what works for you. Maybe a father figure does work for you. Maybe a mother figure works for you and maybe more of an ideal works for you. And for others, even believing that God is inside of themselves, that something miraculous is inside of themselves works, really root into what works for you, what ideal of the divine works for you and be able to connect with that version of the divine. Give yourself permission to release or burn off any stories that you have about what God has to look like and find something that works for you, something that lifts you and helps you feel hopeful and peaceful and loved. Some people might call it source or the universe or, like I said, goddess, mother earth, All sorts of expressions of God. If you want some ideas, feel free to get on Google and look up names for God. And you're going to get a lot of Christian and mainstream religious ideas about what God is. You're going to see Allah. You're going to see Messiah. You're going to see Christ. But you're also going to see other names for the divine. And you can choose to address it, he, her, it, however you want. It's whatever connects you with this sense of purpose and love and belonging. The second practice in rooting yourself in a relationship with God is practicing gratitude. And I'm not talking about the Pollyanna, like everything's amazing. What I'm talking about is just noticing every day what you're grateful for. It could be something simple like a warm home or or food to eat, or health, or family who has stuck with you throughout your faith transition. It could be new friends. It could be your faith transition itself. Hard as it is, there's gifts embedded in this process. But for me, at least, and remember, take whatever works for you, leave whatever doesn't. For me, God must be light. He or she or it must be hope. And we find those things when we practice gratitude. Another additional benefit to practicing gratitude we found is that people who practice gratitude have more capacity for joy. I love that Brene Brown, whenever she was doing her research, found that, you know, they thought that people who are joyful practiced more gratitude because they had more to be grateful for. But it actually was correlated the other way. People who practiced gratitude more often felt more joyful because they were more aware of the things that were going right in their life, even if they were tiny and small. So if you want to feel that hopeful feeling, that joyful feeling that comes from what we typically associate with a belief in a healthy God, then practicing gratitude is a great way to start. The third practice is to slow down. Give yourself time to think and reflect and listen. Allow your mind to quiet, whether in meditative practice or prayer, while out in nature, while in the shower or the tub, or while enjoying a cup of coffee and staring out the window, or even while napping. So often when we think about a healthy God, there's this peaceful and calm feeling. And of course, like everything I do, there's also Scientific evidence that slowing down and having practices of meditation and reflection and prayer increases healthy brain matter and also helps us feel more rooted into our experience here and more aware, which is that enlightened God feeling that we're all looking for. So if you're wanting to feel enlightened, if you're wanting to feel peaceful, if you're wanting to feel the God experience, allow yourself to slow down and to have a practice, schedule in a practice where you can listen to your thoughts and you can listen to your desires and you can notice nature and the miraculous creations around us and feel that presence of peace. The fourth practice is to Channel your energy. Channel all the energy that you have from your life experience, including this faith transition, into positive change in the world. Listen to your natural desires and where they lead you to plant seeds of kindness, justice, compassion, and love. This is also a great place to begin to build community after transition. So in those quiet moments from the point before, listen to where your heart is drawn what injustices really rile you up? What causes call to something inside of you? Listen to those things and find a way to participate. And what's going to happen is as you participate, as you try to make the world kinder and more just and more compassionate for those who are marginalized, you're going to find that you're going to meet other people who have those same passions, those same worldviews, those same inclinations to help in in the same way that you do. And what's going to happen is you'll be able to connect and you'll be able to move forward and serve and create experiences together to create positive change in the world together. And there are bonds that form in that way. There are bonds that form when we're united in a common purpose it's why church is so powerful because we're united in a common purpose you can do that outside of church as well by following your values and following what causes light you up or really anger you or really motivate you or sadden you listen to your emotions and the ones that speak to you and make you want to do something and then find small ways to do something I like to get on, there's a website called meetup.com that I used when I first left my church and I looked for ways to serve my community in ways that were meaningful to me. And in those spaces, I was able to find friends. But as we get more active and involved, we're going to be connected with people who we resonate with on a very deep level. And the more we serve, the more we have these interactions with them, the more memories we build together, the more activity we do together, the deeper our bonds go. And from there, you can take it to a more personal friendship. Do you wanna go get coffee? Do you wanna go to lunch or something? And you can start to build those personal friendships. The thing I love about this is for me, and again, take and leave, For me, God is compassion, and when we take all of this energy we feel and we put it into the world and do things that make the world a better place according to our vision, we feel that compassion. We feel that longing to make the world a better place for ourselves and the next generation. So these are four of the proven ways to feel God. Find God in yourself. Learn to love yourself. Practice gratitude, slow down, and spend that energy creating good stuff in the world, creating positive change. Two books that I found really helpful with this concept, one of them is Dance of the Dissident Daughter by Sue Monk Kidd. I really love this if you're looking for ideas on how to bring the divine feminine into your life. She talks about being raised in, I don't remember which Protestant Christian religion, but she, if I remember right, was a preacher's daughter. Sorry, it's been like four years, but she was a preacher's daughter, very dedicated to this uh, Protestant Christian religion, but started noticing the patriarchy. It really bothered her and her faith transition had a lot to do with misogyny and with sexism. And so she began to look for the divine feminine. It's a beautiful book, whether or not you want to believe in God. It's a beautiful book about her search and her faith transition and her relationship with the divine feminine. So beautiful book. The second book I recommend is Finding God in the Waves by Mike McCargue. And he is a he was a Southern Baptist deacon, a Southern Baptist Preacher of some sort. He had a a role in his Southern Baptist church and he is very into science. He started noticing problems within scripture and problems within the teachings of the Southern Baptist church and he started deconstructing and at one point went completely atheist but really craved a connection with God. It had been really important to him in his childhood. He wanted to continue that and it talks about his search for the divine and his search for God and his way of creating an ability to connect with the divine that made sense for him. I will tell you, I love the first two thirds of that book. The last third of the book, I have some issues with that I may talk about on the podcast at some point. I adore Mike McCargue. I love his honesty and his vulnerability. He's a very kind-hearted person. And after reading his second book, I believe that he's probably fixed a lot of the issues in his personal life that come out in that third that last third of his book, Finding God in the Waves, but there's a lot of shame in the last third of the book. He often takes the responsibility for being kicked out of his Southern Baptist congregation on himself. He believes that he's the problem and he's really, really careful to make sure that he only paints people in his congregation in a good light and only paints Southern Baptistry in a good light and often doesn't recognize the harm That happened to him or the trauma that happened to him. So if you're going through a religious transition, that last third of the book is going to be not only triggering, but also it may be shame-inducing or fear-inducing for you because it's going to bring up, I think, some of that old indoctrination that it is all your fault or that it is okay for people to treat you in the ways that people treated him. And so there's a lot of subverting of emotions. There's a lot of I'm not angry. There's a lot of I'm, you know, when I drive past the church building, I pray for people like I just pray for them and their happiness. I don't know about you, but when I would drive past my church building, there was a lot of flipping off and anger because I was allowing myself to feel through things. And I feel like that's a really common experience when we're grieving. We're not I mean, we're not saints. We're not able to grieve in a way that is always kind-hearted, and nor should we. Our anger has important messages for us. Our sadness, our grief have important messages for us to help us create a life that actually makes us happy and helps us separate ourselves from things that feel painful and to process through those things. So, just know if you're reading Finding God in the Waves, the first two thirds of the book I found fascinating. I found incredibly helpful with the whole journey of finding God again, if that's what you want. And I do have clients that want that, which is why I was reading the book. And I will admit that there are times that I want that as well. So if you fall into that category, Finding God in the Waves and Dance of the Dissident Daughter are both beautiful books to read, but just be aware that last third of... um Finding God in the Waves can be a little problematic with the shame messages. Hmm. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I want to cover, but I think that that's pretty much it for this week. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for this question. I hope this helped you. Please feel free to continue to send questions. If you have them, anything that comes to mind is on the table. Yeah. And I've loved reading your questions so far. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for participating with me over on the Facebook group and on Instagram and on TikTok and on Reddit. I've loved getting to interact with you in all of those spaces and look forward to that continued interaction, the continued friendships that we're building and getting to be a voice and just kind of go through your questions. I'm loving the research that I sometimes get to put into answering the questions. This was fun to revisit these two books and to pull out research on how to continue this connection, if that's something that you would like. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday.